Вы хотите декоммунизации? Ну что же, нас это вполне устраивает. Но не нужно, что называется, останавливаться на полпути. Мы готовы показать вам, что значит для Украины настоящая декоммунизация. and shalom iron sharpens iron and a friend sharpens a friend thank you all very very much for tuning in to another episode of the beyond top secret texan podcast today is february 25th 2022 that is the hour of the time For everyone listening to the future, let this be a time capsule. For yesterday, Russia officially invaded with a tremendous, unstoppable show of force. An attack on the Ukraine territory, stronghold of Eastern European Kabbalists, Illuminati Mafia, Capitalists, Robber Barons, Oligarchs, Plutarchs, Dissidents and Dissatisfied, Nihilists from the Soviet Union, and he is seeking out that Russian bear, the military might of Eastern Orthodoxy, risen again like a phoenix from the ashes of the Cold War, the 21st century Russian military machine. While still only a fraction of the size and capability of the United States military, in this, our Pluto season, our 20 years of slumber 
of death and rebirth and renewal that America goes through every hundred years. And given that we're only about 300 or 200 going on to 300 years old, there isn't very much precedent besides the national military might and projection, the global power of the United States not truly existing within those 20 years and it being more of a national defensive operation with close proximity wars on our borders. Um, This is repeating. Again, this is a natural cycle of our national psyche, of our principality, of our providence, of Columbia. This is her nature. Um personified by Columbia. This is her nature to sleep for 20 years every 100 years. Now, this is going to be another Great Depression for the United States, another uh, reduction of the military, complete slashing of it, basically, to maybe even a decimation of it. Um, And being more of a retraining modernization phase where our military operations will be more projections onto our island colonies and our local borders, um, specifically Mexico, as it was in 1920, and oddly enough, as it was in 1820. America's manifest destiny, exactly only being about 200 years old, we don't have a lot of precedent for it, so it comes as a great surprise to many people, but it is the pattern that repeated in the time available. So we are not going to be getting involved except in tangential um, defensive loan of military personnel like medical, surgeon staff, intelligence officers, special forces, pilots, etc. that um, the basically power structure of the European Union already allows, because we're NATO, to be in there. And while we are not going to be directly attacked by Russia, we cannot stop them from doing this as a nation, nor is it beneficial for the good of the world for us to do it, because now we are seeing what a moral war looks like. We are seeing what a 21st century war of ideology will look like in Europe. Not the Middle East, not in Africa, not in Southeast Asia, which are just continuations of 20th century conflicts with rather primitive, unfunded Stone Age peoples, though they be great in number. We are seeing what technology will bring to the deciding table of real politic that is the battlefield, that is the war zone, that is the proxy war, that is the, the border war, that is the, the uh, hot war, the shooting war, um, between well-established, well-funded, well-trained, well-equipped, technologically advanced nations. And it's going to be an incredible opportunity to display, at least once it becomes declassified, the capabilities that were used 
maybe even for the first time deploying such as AI-powered ground attack vehicles, um, you know, various drone platforms that the Russians have created, uh, stealth bombers on the Russian side. We can see how effectively they uh, use and implement stealth technology with stealth tactics, as well as even what the Ukrainians do in their defense, in their siege, because truly it's a testing ground. Let's never lose side of that. Yes, there's a humanity to it, but war never changes, and war is constantly changing. And that's the thing. The idea of the perfection of the state of war is itself a fallacy because to be perfect is to change. And it is perfect in the fact that it's constantly evolving, constantly changing, and in its constant change, it allows itself to always exist within the perimeters that it does. Human on human combat and organized uh, murder strikes of strategic values, maneuvers of uh, man and equipment uh, basically it is the mother of all invention and truly a portal for divinity to reach down into the man made of mud and clay and from that vessel imbue it with a spark of inspiration, of genius, of absolute transcendence and sublimation. And not just to the soldier, not just to the fighter pilot or the uh, politician in front of the cameras, but to everyone in the massive human chain of labor and specialization that is coordinated and itself is imbued with the essence of one organic mind, one organic brain, one organic soul. We at the Beyond Top Secret Texan podcast, and by we, I mean I, the royal we, me, myself, and I, the Beyond Top Secret Texan. I only speak for myself. I'm the only, I'm a solo operator of this podcast, and um, it appears that will be the case for as far to the future as possible, because every time I try to get a regular co-host, they always seem to kind of never truly make it past a few episodes, I think maybe it's the, the endurance issue, I think maybe it's uh, great minds not thinking alike, I think it's a lot of pressure for people to, to speak on a podcast like this, because it's so uh, unorthodox and extreme in its orientation and its belief system and it's what's possible, that it really does intimidate people, especially women. Intimidate women. Uh, I'm speaking directly about the last uh, semi-regular co-host we had, and I hope that maybe uh, she'll like, you know, understand that uh, you can have a different opinion on things as long as 
the two people are willing to think and to explore each other's perspective. It's a freedom of speech uh, component. It's a fundamental part of freedom of speech to have diversity and dialogue. But at the same time, I truly understand that life is so hostile and hard that one has a tendency to uh, fly solo with unorthodox beliefs. I myself am am one of them. I understand that because exactly this is exactly what I'm doing. I understand that you have to separate yourself from people that you don't really uh, want to align yourself with. Nothing personal, nothing personally taken. Uh, But I would like to also, you know, extend that if she is listening or if it ever reaches her that, you know, it's part of the evolution of thinking and thought to to agree to disagree but to keep the conversation going rather than faking migraines and then ditching out and uh, basically resorting to like uh, a hermitage um, but there is nothing you can do to force people you know to kind of uh, you know be a co-host or be a regular or something like that. It's really like, um, you know, exactly. It's a really part of the freedom thing. It's like, you know, nothing personally taken, but we'll be jumping into it, uh, with hopefully Oris from creative society and from, um, um, the Alatra, Alatra TV. English. We've spoken to him several weeks before, and, you know, great guy, understands it, gets it, gets the SSP, talked to him about twice before, this is going to be the third time in three weeks, um, hoping he's going to be consistent with the interviews as well, uh, really like the conversation direction that we go to, you know, obviously he's interviewing me for his program and everything, but I, I like being interviewed because it lets me stretch out my legs and really explore avenues of thought as well as bring up the subjects again, to new audiences and everything, so, um, you know, I think it's a win-win, the collaboration process, the same thing as the, the, the co-hosting, um, spot, the regular spot, that it would be good to have multiple people's perspective on issues like current events and everything, and we could bounce off ideas, um, that would be amazing for the Beyond Top Secret Texan podcast to have Texas like multiple Texans speaking about issues and bringing their diverse opinions to the table. But I think that so many people are afraid of confrontation and they're afraid of hostilities and they're afraid of commitment that it translates not into their own interpersonal relationships. It translates to their um, creativity and it, it translates into their uh, willingness to socialize, etc. So that you can't really get a, a forum, you can't really get a, a discussion going, a debate circle going, um, with strong-minded, independent people because they take everything so personally. Um, you know, that's just a side of that. Uh, speaking about war, speaking about that, this is kind of reflecting the general psychic atmosphere. Like I said, this is a time capsule, cap, time capsule episode. So this is really hoping to channel and to target that idea of aggression, the idea of war, of miscommunication, 
devolving into uncommunicative hostilities and, and acts of, uh, you know, resistance and war and, and uh, organizations towards those ends. Um, letting it motivate your actions, letting it direct you, letting it create your personality. And ironically, uh, the whole situation between uh, me and that, that female host, uh, the co-host that had a couple of uh, episodes with me, uh, came down to when I spoke against Lex Friedman for uh, supporting Kabbalists, supporting people who who ran companies that were deliberately hurting uh, people and, and spoke to them supportively, spoke and promotes that system, benefits from that system. And in my opinion, if you support a lie, if you support evil people and evil institutions like the oligarchs of capitalism, like the disenfranchised technocrats, the disenfranchising technocrats who are keeping techno- uh, technology merely for the elite and for corporate industrial uh, processes and purposes based on capitalistic principles. Uh, People who are, in the case of the uh, Pfizer CEO, uh, or Bill Gates, or Mark Zuckerberg, um, famously corrupt and despicable people, right? I think everyone would agree that if you could speak to one of these people and have a clean moral consciousness because you're you're profiting from it. You are benefiting from it. Your reputation is benefiting from it. You're you're, you're extremely you know reliant on your audience, and you are basically a mouthpiece for the evil, child enslaving, human trafficking sponsoring, nation destroying you know poisoners of generations. Birth rate lowering, you know, debt slavers of the banking, bankster new world order. You are just as evil and just as compliant. And not only that, fair game. Fair game for psychic warfare, for psychic targeting, for using unorthodox, indirect ways of activism. And ultimately stating so very honestly and clearly is not a, not a moral transgression. What I am seeing with her reaction to that is the corruption of demons of actual negative entities that are confusing good with evil and confusing her thought patterns that were activated when confronted with divine masculine energies Divine masculine energies not making peace with evil or forgiving it like a fool, but seeking to destroy it and to bury it, to cause it to go extinct and to never thrive again for any generation in the future, right? Unambiguously stating that with confidence and assertions of capabilities. This is why that's that select person who, if you listen to the episodes, you know who I'm talking about, um, idealizes Elon Musk, idealizes, uh, you know, certain figures foolishly thinking they are good and coming up again and again 
without the awareness that the situation she's in, that the situation that we're all in, because we are actually all on one side, we are all experiencing the same economic hardships, the same spiritual battle, the same moral hardships and surviving in a society that literally traffics children and and the fact that Elon Musk is making more tunnels because those tunnels are getting exposed. Uh, the fact that Elon Musk is polluting and helping destroy our ecosystem because the Californian eco-regulations are too strong in liberal communities. Uh, the fact that he's relying on the fact that Texas doesn't have a state tax to help pocket more money. The fact that um, he's fooling literally hundreds of millions of people with good hearts and minds into thinking that space travel is increasingly difficult and impossible and that he is an expert in like, you know, physics or astro, you know, astrophysics or whatever. Um, but he is not, nor is he an expert in any of these fields. And this is the, the, I know he's important as a person because he fits a Pluto, um, hierarchy, a Saturn, a Saturnic hierarchy. I meant, sorry, not Pluto, a Saturnic ha uh, hierarchy. Um, but the idea of that is not a positive thing, uh, nor is it ever going to be, uh, proven so. And the fact that it consistently seems to me that, um, you know, I am, I am always intimidating and, and, you know, I can admit my faults being too forward and being too strong of opinion for, you know, a certain constituency or a certain constitution of person to find, you know, safe or tolerable or, or, uh, you know, weak enough to, to, to feel dominant over, but I will not change nor do I really offer any apology. I just think that you can have two people who can be, say, completely opposite of opinion, be able to explain uh, their sides of it without resorting to hostilities or, you know, like, you don't have to lose friendships over um, differences of opinion, man. <laughs> like, that's just, like, you know, like... I, I, you know, it's, it's not even a matter of, um, of consideration. Like I didn't think anything negatively about that person in the moment. It, it was just very obvious that they thought negatively of me, but you know, I just wanted to say my piece out there since it seems like, um, you know, like they, we're just moving forward and everything. And I kind of wanted to, to, to add my side of things. So, moving forward, we have an interview with Oris. And he is a representative of Creative Society. He's a representative of Alatra TV. And we're going to be speaking about many, many awesome subjects. We're going to be talking about it like there's no tomorrow, hopefully. Um, one of the subjects that I do want to cover are the aquatic beings 
and the explosion that happened in Tonga. I want to speak about that. I want to speak about, of course, the war of the uh, cabal versus the uh, the new uh, new order. I guess you call it. Yes, the new world, the the new world order versus the the older new world order. <laughs> The newer New World Order, the NNWO, versus the ONW. <laughs> like, you know, the Cabal versus like, how, how it's going, the, the Russian versus the Cabal uh, war and what that means. And then we'll just see wherever the direction goes to. Uh, maybe expl- explaining some of the details of Solar Warden, maybe speaking about aircraft, aviation, or AI that they use. Uh, you know, we'll see how it goes, but hopefully... Those two topics are discussed today. The underwater human civilization, the aquatic apes, um, the the aquatic uh, humans that uh, thrive in their marine environment who are generally very hostile to surface people, humans, land humans, terraformers, uh, that... uh, have polluted and overfished their ecosystems, endangered their cities with warfare, and have openly attacked them ourselves with our navies and our military forces. Um, and even though that there was world peace and the Artemis Treaty that was signed, that world peace uh, was violated by a under water, oceanic, you know, submarine, let's just say it, mermaid terrorist organization using reclaimed Navy technology. And as well, they're not, they're not intellectually inferior. They have been in contact with the Greys, with the Astra High Command, they have their own society's history extending back as long as ours. Their society may be nomadic and may be, uh, you know, of course, oceanic, but they rely on a lot of genetic engineering. They rely on a lot of um, coexistence and manipulation, exploitation of local fauna, flora, resources, as well as... Um, you know, biological modifications as they are originally bio-modified species, just like how humanity lived in the halls of our reptilian masters. So did they in oceanic bases created by the reptilian masters of Earth. All human beings, all ultra-terrestrials ultimately can trace themselves and their lineage, their life, back to the oceanic masters. I mean, not to the to the reptilian masters. And so, yeah, next time you hear me, we'll be talking to Oris. We'll be uh, rocking and rolling. Fingers crossed. Greatest audience out there in Dreamland. Definitely check out my social media if you haven't. Uh, check out the Patreon. Everything is beyond Top Secret Texan. Uh, so just Google that. Oh, you know what's a good way of finding it? Linktree. Linktree. L-I-N-K. 
tr.ee slash beyond top secret Texan. Go ahead and search me up on Linktree or hit me up right there. And you will be directed to all my links, my merch store, my social media, Telegram group, Twitter, YouTube, uh, TikTok. I got a lot of things going on. All the different little podcast links, thepodpage.com slash beyond top secret text and webpage. One stop shop for all the free public episodes that I have online, all of them archived on that website. Um, you can check out Apple Podcasts, you can check out Spotify, you can check out iHeartRadio, you can check out uh, dozens of dozens of different podcast uh, platforms, pick your, uh, you know, choose your pick, however you're listening to this, you know, you got options, if you want to like, you know, expand, you know, follow me on Odyssey and Library, that's a cool little alternative video hosting platform site, um, but yeah, typically, I, I, I try to make content every day. I try to upload every day. Instagram.com slash beyond top secret Texan. Come on, join the party. I'm uploading all the time. Story, all that good shit. I know everyone loves the social media website. Everyone has a good time on um, one of them. But I'm not on Facebook. I am on Twitter. Um, and I know no one's on Twitter. I know Twitter's a dead platform. Twitter, no one's good. But I'm also getting on Truth Social. Truth Social, Donald Trump's uh, new... Uh, social media site, I'm on it. I'm already on it. I'm number 200,047, you know, 247,000, whatever. Um, But it's still higher than most people, and I'm very glad for the opportunity to get on there, at least in the top 500,000. That thing is going to be huge, and it's going to be awesome. So once it comes online, check me out on Truth Social at Beyond Top Secret Text, in all one word. So thank you all very much. Okay, so looks like for today we are not going to be speaking with Oris. And I know a lesser podcast would just have not released today's episode. But I have a schedule to keep, right? The trains must run on time. And I've already held back and postponed a show this week, and I'm not going to make a habit out of it. So, in keeping with the Monday, Wednesday, and Friday scheduling, back on schedule, rewriting it, get right back onto the perfect and narrow path of perfection, because I owe it to you. The listener out there in dreamland, I owe it to you, my great audience, the best audience in the history of audiences. (laughs) So, amigos, let's go into the Friday discussion that I had planned to have with another human being, but like the story of my life. I am solo. I am alone in the universe. The cold of the vacuum of space is my only companion as I survive in my time. The lone survivor, the sole survivor, 
Lone Ranger Han Solo is my spirit animal. So, we'll be running into the discussion today alone but unafraid. Knowing that higher powers are with us. And the universe itself is my best friend. For it is the only true companion that I have. The world is always there. Nature lets me rest my head on its breast as I slumber. The sun on my eyes wakes me up every day and each breath I take in this life is a gift. It's why we are not affected by the circumstances of other people for they are only other players in a game. So, what was the information that I was going to discuss? Now, I share only with you, the listener. Well, let's start from the most incredible and fantastic and move itself towards the end of the spectrum of the everyday. (coughs) Sounds like a great way of doing things. I'm also really, really excited to be speaking about the intel that I've gathered on a great natural disaster, quote-unquote, the volcanic eruption of Tonga that literally was visible from space. It was so powerful that it erased the island of Tonga from the map. It produced tsunamis across the Pacific Ocean And some say it is the largest volcanic explosion witnessed to date with satellites and modern technology. Set on the Pacific Rim of Fire, the layman, the sleepwalker, the the sheeple, is happy to let the story end there. They are not willing to focus on the long-term effects of this explosion as well as the true causes and circumstances behind the explosion, which was not a volcano. It was not volcanic. It was not a natural phenomenon. It was an intentional 
fusion explosion built on a salted cobalt bomb. This technology was originally created by the United States Navy. Both the explosive technology, salted cobalt, and hydrogen bombs, which have near-exponential detonation yields, unlike atomic or nuclear weaponry, which only has megatonnage, and itself is more thermobaric in application than a hydrogen bomb, which is more force, more shockwave, and typically for underwater submarine usage, marine usages. These bombs were heavily, heavily employed and deployed against the underwater submarine humanoids we will now call the merfolk because we can and there are very few names as appropriate as those that history and culture gives us the sirens, the aquatic apes, the marine men. For those who think a mermaid may be too folklorish or effeminate, Ichthyo sapiens. These ichthyosapiens have populations in the hundreds of billions. They live in every single ocean in large nomadic tribes that build their shelters in coral reefs. exploiting the natural growth patterns of coral to fashion out towers and communal living homes, but traveling on the season and always relocating based on fishing, plentiful fishing, uh, food sources, etc. Basically traveling and with the currents, the Gulf Stream in the Atlantic and in the Pacific around the Rim of Fire. They live in abyssal waters. They live in shallow waters. They live semi-amphibious existences on tropical islands, typically located in the Indochina or South Pacific areas. The United States Navy has known about the existence of ichthyosapiens, Forever, because sailors and all maritime naval secret societies, uh, elite cadres of lifelong 
um, merchant mariners, sailors, pirates, explorers, navy men, you know, admiralty, etc., have recorded them and documented them. Everyone from Catholic priests and Catholic monks to um, Dutch East India explorers have documented and verified their experiences in their logs and their records about ichthyosapiens to a greater frequency and number than is ever disclosed in literature or the mass media, which is strangle-held by the Zionist uh, Freemasonic human humanist, the human first crowd, who believe that if you need to lie to assert humanity's dominance in the evolutionary ladder, then so be it. Because the ultimate goal is to be considered and to conduct oneself as if they're, they're top of the food chain, top of the evolutionary ladder, the pinnacle of animals. You know, as befitting a creature created by God in their own, you know, zealous religious mindset. This, though, is scientifically inaccurate because the superior uh, beings are our cousins in the form of the Yeti, the Yeti sapiens, and the uh, Ichthyosapiens, as well as the avian sapiens, the even the bird humans, who have greater physical strength, greater physical stamina, greater physical endurance, greater physical stature, greater physical um, it, thresholds of, of uh, you know, suffering, pain thresholds, and, and uh, just absolute ability to master lands and environments. But we are... We are actually um, capable of greater psychic feats, greater psychic uh, phenomenon, um, such as clairvoyance, such as precognition, such as astral travel and remote viewing. Um, And humanity itself is not necessarily weak. We are... uh, rather ill-bred in that humans typically do not favor eugenics programs unlike the uh, ichthyosapiens and unlike the yeti sapiens or the avian sapiens which have used genetic engineering to create those physical adaptations, those physical modifications not natural evolution. I know some of you are going to be asking, well, how did they evolve? They didn't. Humans didn't. We were all engineered by reptilians. And they, having access to that technology, used that technology to further increase their abilities and their threshold. They are only loosely related to human beings. I know they are our closest relatives, but if you were to actually see one and encounter one, and experience one in the wild, they are very alien. You would you would think that they are aliens. You would consider them not human. You would understand that they were humanoid, at least the forearms, 
but that their size can range from three feet, one meter, to 90 feet, 30 meters, and anywhere in between based on their age. They have different evolutions or different biological modifications based on their tribe, quote-unquote, which form special cultures and form special evolutionary niches that would uh, see their time and their um, energy put towards. Say, for example, the ichthyosapiens that have evolved themselves to eat krill and plankton versus the ichthyosapiens that have evolved themselves for a abyssal existence, deep, deep, you know, abyssal existences, um, versus the uh, ichthyosapiens that favor a amphibious, you know, um, island-hopping existence, island, uh, shallow, warm seas in the Pacific, and that kind of existence. These... Those island hoppers are actually the island, the amphibious ones are actually the most human, able to still breathe air and to even uh, travel on land for long periods of time, being almost indistinguishable from regular human beings. Um, whereas the, say, for example, abyssal ichthyosapiens are radically inhuman, radically altered humanoids with incredibly uh, specialized adaptations and evolutions um, with little regard to keeping any semblance to humanity because there's no need to. And using these reptilian technologies such as black goo, um, etc., they have actually even evolved further these technologies, they have advanced further those technologies to be um, not a gen a generational thing where the evolutionary differences are seen through children or through spawning rather than in one's lifetime, but rather they can directly change their DNA, alter their physiology, uh, graft limbs, uh, from other bot other creatures onto their own, absorb or um, exploit or utilize other life forms and their abilities based on DNA hybridization, uh, DNA tailing, like what we do with CRISPR now, like the alteration of genes. Simply by making contact with these creatures, they can absorb their DNA, and they can then use that DNA in their pursuits or in their their life. Now, this can be done within their lifetime. So, like the creature Ethiosapien, for example, if they're sufficiently technology advanced and, and powerful, can, um, say, for example, approach um, a cephalopod, if it hasn't already done so hypothetically, uh, take the DNA of the cephalopod, help program the 4D black matter that is the whole reason for this is possible is the 4D black matter, which is, yes, reptilian, dark side, evil AI technology. And because they have infused with it, because they have, they have endorsed it, they have embraced it, they get that, say, cephalopod DNA, 
create artificial capabilities with the 4D black goo, which are basically biological in nature and origin, and say the camouflage abilities of this octopus is now given to the ichthyosapien. So the ichthyosapien now has the camouflage abilities of that octopus. Skin can change color. It can change texture. Uh, because the skin, the DNA of that, of that ichthyosaur is layered onto 4D programmable black matter down to the RNA level. It is more black matter. It has black blood, if you believe it or not. If you cut these ichthyosaurs, if you are engaged in some combat with them and say you cut off one of their limbs, you will be immediately aware that they have um, black blood, very dark blood, it's like a slick oil, um, and that they can regenerate limbs, that it's not like our blood where it's this precious, finite resource that we can bleed out. Their blood actually would then help uh, form, you know, the protective, you know, necessities. Say if you cut off a limb, an appendage that looks like a human arm, Right, and they they would grow back a uh, crustacean type claw, or a um, you know tentacle with with slime with with mucus on it that would prevent cutting uh, for the next round or for the next uh, time you encounter them. It's not as immediate as they can just shoot out like an appendage, but you know, you know if you know exactly you know if you know that all survivors and encounters will evolve due to the uh, encounter's uh, results. And they always try to improve themselves. They're superioritists when it comes to this. They're ichthyosapien supremacists amongst them. Now, like I've said before, generally, these ichthyosapiens uh, hate humanity, hate the surface world, because they view humanity as being both enslaved by its own self, its own nature is despicable and it enslaves itself and exploits itself and preys upon itself because they see and they've already interrogated enough human beings and seen war between, uh, you know, human navies and the pollution and the fishing. They think that we're like a locust or like a parasite or like greedy, greedy, you know, ape pigs and... In fact, one of their slurs is uh, the fact that, you know, they think we're pigs. They think, like, they're, that they, the word for land pig is the same as the word for human in their, in their slur. And it's the, you know, it's in their language. Just one of the cultural uh, benefits of that, right? But we've been bombing these motherfuckers. <laughs> we've been bombing these motherfuckers with these salted cobalt bombs, right? Since the 1950s. Bombing their cities, bombing their reefs, bombing their islands, bombing their uh, huge tribal pods, their their fish schools, bombing them uh, with United States Navy uh, submarines, bombing them with the surface ships, bombing them with aircraft. Uh, international uh, attention has been paid to it. The French, for example, also uh, helped bomb. In the South Pacific, um, around Tahiti, you know this is this is absolutely the case 
with these um, weapons of mass destruction being used in the ocean. They are not used uh, necessarily only against large creatures like the kaiju, which are also employed by these ichthyosaurs, used, exploited, they're part of the natural environment. They they are part of that um, term. So not only are they using, say, for example, sharks, conventional sharks, but they are using, for example, um, leviathan-level creatures that are thousands of feet long, you know, a mile long, and and with equal mass and tonnage, and if they ride them, if they, you know, use them as the actual enforcer that it is, they can quickly destroy an oil rig, a uh, coastal town, freighter, navy ship, if it's unguarded and unprotected and unaware. Now, remember, these creatures live out there. They have home-field advantage. So it was not a it seemingly victimless encounter. They took out dozens and dozens of submarines throughout the years. In World War II alone, we had 50 submarines from the United States Navy go missing near the waters of Alaska. This is not because of enemies such as the Japanese, nor naval incompetence and in the like crashing into like the seafloor, but this is direct human to ichthyosaur engagement off the coasts of Alaska, which they had strongholds and fortifications and, and you know they were not going to surrender. Um Absurdly, the only way to make contact with them is with submarines and with naval deployments. Uh, but this being a Navy secret gives the Navy sole access to them and thus all inheritance or technology acquired and stolen, etc. becomes this huge priority for the Navy and the Navy alone. Which, like I said before, they run Solar Warden. This is all part of the benefit of it, right? But Upon uh, the Navy's expertise and their own deals with the extraterrestrials, peace between ichthyosaurs and mankind was forged. It's a bad peace. It, it's a as an imperfect peace. There are many violations of ceasefire between radical groups and tribes, etc. Some do not. Uh, some are extremists and extreme anti-human. Some are very pro-human and they work alongside us. Uh, very regularly, ichthyosapiens like human uh, Homo sapiens are individualists and each have their personalities and souls, right? Like their own personas, their own psychology. They are uh, incredible. They really are um, incredibly intelligent, very hardy, very survivalist, very strong. You know, I admire strength, and they are very strong. Um, you have to be if you are <laughs> choosing to live in a marine environment. But they also consider peace. They consider a lot of humanity, art, beauty. They're not just monsters or savages, even though they are more inhuman than uh, one would ever feel comfortable with. And like, just like looking at reptilians, just like looking at greys in real life makes your heart race and makes you kind of uh, nauseous and your adrenaline flows because it's such an alien thing and you're thinking negative thoughts and your animal senses are going into primeval like overdrive. Um, same thing with these ichthyosaurs. One can't help but imagine that those sharp teeth, which are designed for catching fish, um, could easily be turned on a human being. Uh, one can't help but imagine that 
as easily as they, you know, eat a lobster alive that they could easily bite, you know, into your skull, etc. Which they could. But like human beings, like gorillas, like dolphins, there's that sense of self-restraint and control, which is why you know they're intelligent. Even though people do get eaten by them. So that's, <laughs> you have to understand that that's probably intentional. Now, the hatred for them, right, uh, doesn't exist on the surface. The human beings don't hate the ichthyosaurs as much as they did in the 1950s because of all the submarines that they would kill. We've learned to develop more of a fascination and a peace with them, right? We still don't consider them hostile like you would a Native American tribe or an Aboriginal tribe of people who don't assimilate, who cannot be predicted, and you take great care to not insult because they have such an advantage of the land and you are always, in a, stint, in a sense, isolated and alone, surrounded and cut off if you're underwater. You know, you're not connected to the rest of humanity if you're underwater, right? Now, from the 1950s, when the bombing happened, stopped, and the 1960s, the bombing stopped, to the 19, uh, let's say, let's say 2010. Everything was cool. Everything was fucking cool. Copacetic, right? Their peace existed, although it didn't really, uh, you know, but most of the peace, right? It's like, like, like the world. There wasn't really ever world peace, but nothing really was going on. No, like, major wars. Between mankind and ichthyosapien. Solar Warden. Right? Solar Warden. They use the South Pacific. For a number of things. One of them. Is the manufacturing and maintenance. Of starships. Of big. Spacecraft. Right? O'Neill Cylinders. Uh, they manufacture the fighters there. They manufacture a lot of the equipment there that goes into literally filling in kilometers of spaceship, right? Living quarters, the, the piping, the, the, the water, all of it, right? The electrical you know, wires, all of it have to be added in by hand or autonomous robot that has people, you know, handlers, maintainers themselves. These people, this army that's necessary for this, right? This manufacturing base of human beings is provided by islanders. Islanders that are um, the locals, local Javans, local Indonesians, local Filipinos, etc. That live on very obscure islands and they lived on them until World War II broke out, where Americans and the British and the Japanese started exploring the areas and discovering large, never-before-discovered populations of islanders. And by large, I mean 10 million of them, right? On various island chains altogether. This was a godsend because they weren't on any records, and thus they didn't exist. But they were civilized, had already built cities, and had already understood how to organize themselves, right? They were peaceful. They were good-hearted natives. And they were very impressed by the United States. They were very impressed by the technology. They liked and welcomed us. We, 
sign them up for labor and sign them up to be civilized. We basically conscripted them. We would give them cans of food, feed them, give them the education of the West, give them clothes, let them listen to our movie, uh, watch movies, listen to our music, etc. And in cha- uh, exchange of that, they would generationally be employed in companies that were contracted out to Solar Warden, right? These people are highly educated. They live in high quality of living, especially for the area, but they live completely off the record. You will never, ever find these people in anything but ancient mentions and old, like, ethnographies and explorations of the area. Their home islands are declared uninhabited, or unexplored, unnamed areas. Exploration is kept from them. And really, it's kind of a dirty trick they played on them because these people generationally have to live in basically servitude to the solar warden companies and the manufacturing angle of it, right? The ICC and its various companies and their contracting services that they give us, they provide for us, etc., as well as becoming part of the maintenance crews, the CBs, if you were for the Solar Warden U.S. Navy, right? It's it's their life. It's their lot. That's how they are fed by the system. That's how they're connected to the larger world. Well, one of these bases is Tonga. One of these bases is Tonga. Yes, it looks like an uninhabited island on top. We are not rookies. We are not dummies. We are not Pollyannas. We know that underground bases are real and that submarine bases are built to the sides of mountains and made to look like mountainsides because this is the game that they've been playing for a hundred years, right? And longer. Just like Malta, or just like um, Gibraltar, it looks like a rock, but inside the rock are the tunnels and the bases and the dry harbors and the shipyards, etc., and extending underneath the water are the various different docking bays for these cylinders, for these O'Neill cylinders, right? And yes, they are generally like submarines, but they're kilometers long and they're fitted with anti-gravity engines. But yes, they can get wet and you can fly them into the ocean uh, and hide them. And they are absolutely fine, especially with technologies that were loaned to us that actually... It, you know, it. you're not actually coming into contact with the very much of the salt water. Uh, you're basically in a bubble. And so, this point, though, this area, has is a facility, right? It was a facility. It's a part, it's a very crucial facility because there's only a handful of these facilities in the world that produce these O'Neill cylinders for the Solar Warden, which are like the aircraft carriers. They're like the... They're basically flying barracks, and they're flying cities. They're flying bases. They have the capability of holding hundreds of fighters and drones and bombers and transport craft. They have crews in the multiple thousands, right? 5,000, 10,000. They're kilometers long. They are massive moving outposts and bases to fortify and to keep entire uh, quadrants of void space in between planets. Uh, they're basically like long tubular, you know, uh, cylindrical Death Stars. 
Uh, they even have lasers, etc., built into them, so they're not defenseless either. Right? They are mighty. They are the backbone of the Solar Warden space fleet. These O'Neill cylinders, known as Andromeda Garrot by Notwaffen crew. Notwaffen had originally de the developed the design. It's basically your your basic human spaceship. It's a cylinder covered in a shield of plasma that is basically a flying aircraft carrier of hundreds of interceptors, jet bombers, jet fighters, etc. And has its own laser batteries and, um, you know, kill missiles, ICBMs. They can be specialized for various duties. But these O'Neill cylinders are like your aircraft carriers. They all kind of look the same. They're all massive, and they serve basically the same purpose, right? Now, if you've ever seen a dockyard, say, like in Virginia and, and uh, Norfolk, where you see multiple aircraft carriers, uh, San Diego has the same thing, where you see, like, multiple aircraft carriers all parked side by side. That's how the uh, O'Neill cylinders were set up, right? Just parked side by side. They're under a cloaking field and everything, but they're parked side by side. And there was rows of them that were being manufactured and developed. In 2012, this is why I said 2010. In 2012, we only had 11 O'Neill cylinders that were modernized, that were made and ready for combat. Forward, active duty, act, you know, operations and campaigns. Right, with the amount of crew that was necessary for the amount of logistical support for the amount of equipment, we had 11 to defend the earth from hundreds of thousands of reptilian ships. Six million reptilian soldiers, pilots, special forces, mercenary pirates. Um, ground troops, air troops, everything, right? Different species, an assortment of 6 million plus reptilians against 11 in 100,000 plus ships, by the way, against 11 flying aircraft carriers in different squadrons of three or four flying in different arrangements and patterns that the AI was controlling and arranging and predicting. We were doing that around the equator of the Earth to try to give a you know good defense distribution from wherever these ships were going to attack. In the Orion Draco, we had bases on the moon. We had different installations, guns, missiles, etc. We had tons of that. We had tons of orbital guns, weaponized satellites, but nowhere near even beginning to be a tenth of the amount of the reptilian fleet, right? That was a very, very loud wake-up call. That was a very, very hard punch to the face, a black eye that Solar Warden took when it wasn't ultimately defeated, and we didn't lose more than, I want to say, three in total of the O'Neill cylinders, but we didn't lose them. We just, they were knocked out through EMP, uh, and crash-landed various locations, but were recovered. The attack, though, wasn't directed against us, because we would have been all wiped out and slaughtered to a person. It was directed at landing in Antarctica. And from there, 
the 100,000 ships were rained down upon as they were defending each other, basically the more important and critical uh, reptilian segments of the fleet to be able to enter Antarctica's under underground subterranean base network, right? But the point is, uh, we learned that day that we need many, 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 many more ships. Many, many, many more. And now the order is up to a thousand of these O'Neill cylinders. Not that we have a thousand, but that they are ultimately trying to build 1,000 of these O'Neill cylinders in the next hundred years. Given how massive they are and how complex they are and how magnificent they are in design, um, it's a very hard order to fill, right? You can make maybe, I think right now at maximum capacity, um, 10, 10 a year, right? But since 2012, we have been trying to create this order. So in the last 10 years, we've made 100 more O'Neill cylinders. That's incredible, right? We've, we've amplified our strength by a magnitude of 10. That's incredible. And within a decade. This hasn't gone unnoticed, though. And given that recently, the Artemis Accord was written down... And signed by representatives of every single ultra-terrestrial and crypto-terrestrial race, species, life form, intelligence that exists on Earth. To keep a peace on Earth under pain of destruction and all-out war from the Ashtar High Command and various extraterrestrial powers... The great, much greater than just the one planet that you have to live on, right? So all of the ichthyosapiens, no matter how powerful they are, only live on Earth, right? They're they're very limited in their power to a one planet species, and they share that planet with other intelligent life forms. So a species like the Venusians, which exists in time and space and other dimensions is far, far more powerful than the ichthyosapiens, no matter what the ichthyosapiens are planning or have in mind. So the violations of these peace treaty are severe, right? They are severe in the terms of total annihilation and extinction of species that are willing to wage war and not cooperate with each other. That's how, that's how extremely peaceful the Astra High Command is. Now, yes, the Astra High Command can see through time. They can see 4D. They can see timelines present themselves. Uh, chronologically speaking, you know, like they can jump through moments and, and basically see the future be the future and, and create the future as they hope so, you know, as they see it, right? They do have a weak point, though, that is exploited by the greys, that is exploited by reptilians, that is exploited by sufficiently technologically advanced peoples. Intelligences, sorry, intelligences. Tachyons. Tachyons are extremely small, extremely rare 
particles of energy, right? Let me, let me just read what the definition of tachyon is. A tachyon or a tachyonic particle is a hypothetic particle that always travels faster than light. Physicists believe that faster than light particles cannot exist because they are not consistent with the known laws of physics. If such particles did exist, they could be used to send signals faster than light. They do exist, right? That's like the world doesn't want you to not exist, but they exist. They they fucking exist, right? And these tachyons are exotic materials that are easily producible by gray technology. Now, here is where it all connects. Typically, life forms like ichthyosapiens or human sapiens don't have gray technology, right? Yes, grays are sufficiently uh, technologically advanced. They are members of the Ashtar High Command, even though they are more neutral and dark-sided than, you know, generally any other member is. But their technology is equal and more advanced than any other intelligent life form currently, right? Technologically, they are the big brains. They are the big boss of the Silicon Valley of extraterrestrials, right? They, though, don't have souls. So they, they don't really care one way or the other as long as they themselves individually are not harmed in, the, in any kind of way. What this technology goes to and who they tell or what it could be used for. As long as sufficiently they are rewarded for this deal, right? They're merchants, they're business people, if anything, right? They only work towards profits and towards uh, being um, superior in, in possessions and materialism. Well, after the Artemis Treaty, Ichthyosapiens contacted Greys. They contacted them using spiritual meditations and their own technology in hopes of securing gray tachyon-producing technology, which could basically develop these rooms or these abilities to excuse me, hide one's actions or one's existence from a being that looks through time, that reads time as it happens. Because you're moving faster than he's actually able to see at this point. Right? And if you are approaching with a sufficiently unexpected angle of approach or, or deed that you're trying to, to accomplish, you can literally take them by surprise. They are but mortals. Superior demigod mortals, but mortals nonetheless. This conspiracy, this attack of terrorism was also only made possible by recovering tic-tac technology, tic-tac craft. Craft commonly known as tic-tacs developed by the United States Navy that use anti-gravity for hypersonic flights, amazing maneuverability in zero-g, and have the security systems of the United States Navy already programmed internally into them. The Tic Tac UFOs have been in naval service 
since the year 2000. And between the year 2000 and 2022, they acquired one of these. Maybe it crashed. Maybe it was captured from a base. Maybe it was captured from a crashed submarine. Maybe it was captured by an EMP and reverse engineered. I am unsure. Shit happens. And technology falls in enemy hands commonly. Especially a highly motivated, highly capable enemy such as the Ecto Sapiens. Motivated to revenge the crimes against their species by the USN, now Solar Warden, hoping to restart the war between species and hoping to punish humanity for the pollution and for the overfishing of the Pacific Ocean. A radical terrorist group of ichthyosapiens secured this Tic Tac craft, which is the size of an F-18, mind you. It's not a small craft. It is the it is very, very spacious and very, very large. It's about 30 to 40 feet long and about 30 to 40 feet across. Not spherical, but basically an equilateral cylinder, right? It looks like a pill or a, you know, tic-tac, where it's also wide. Completely enough room to fit the salted cobalt hydrogen nuclear device Hydrogen explosive warhead re- acquired from the the bombing campaigns from the 1950s. So this antique, this relic, right, was strapped into the uh, Tic Tac, armed. The tachyon producing device was on the whole time. This is all being assembled, thus preventing any Ashtar High Command from viewing it, any Venusians from viewing it, right? It was loaded up, assembled. The TikTok, the TikTok is AI driven. It's autonomous, or maybe even had a suicide bomber piloting it, right? A suicide striker, a kamikaze. The TikTok is able to de, uh, to fool the Solar Warden USN defenses, giving the proper radio signals, the proper radar signature. To in the quick time that this strike is going to occur, and because it happened within five minutes of execution and launch to strike and detonation, five minutes from when they flew under the radar, traveling and transmediumly under the ocean, gained altitude, and then attacked directly downward. Avoiding the anti-ocean or the anti-naval uh, defenses that were already in place, and relying on air traffic controllers, relying on the AI that runs the radars to distinguish its intention, and allowing for the lag of recognizing it as a USN Solar Warden Tic Tac craft. Registering it as lost and then coming to the conclusion that it was actually an enemy craft, a bogey, 
Well, of course, this is too difficult for any AI or any human system to do so within the matter of seconds. And if you watch the film presented, if you watch the film of the Tonga explosion close enough from the ISS view down, you can see the white tic-tac cylinder zoom from a right, a northeast angle, a northeast angle zoom downward towards the island of Tonga and make contact detonating the volcanic, quote-unquote, volcanic explosion so large it was seen from orbit, seen from space. That was the hydrogen warhead detonating the Solar Warden O'Neill Cylinder shipyards, the craft yards, destroying everything there. Everyone there was killed in this strike. Completely knocking production offline for the foreseeable future and probably even reorienting the entire production facilities from regionally, geographically isolated but terrestrial locations such as Point Nemo, Tonga, the South Pacific and the Pacific Rim, the many islands of the Philippines or Indonesia, uh, the Rocky Mountains, for example, maybe towards a more stateside, heavily defended area, the Rocky Mountains, North Canada, uh, where pre-existing shipyards historically were, but were moved afterwards due to the threat of being targeted, ironically, by extraterrestrials, when crypto-terrestrials when, of, of human origin, of, of Earth origin, other Earthlings, or be the actually the only successful power to strike a solar warden facility and deal it any critical damage. And trust me, this was critical damage. I believe the facilities will actually be moved to the moon, to Luna stations, zero-G stations, even floating in um, the atmosphere, the void between the, moos, the moon and Mars, or maybe even moved to Mars entirely. Although I believe that the logistics necessary to supply it with billions of tons of construction materials uh, and hundreds of thousands of laborers would see the facility kept closer to home on the moon. Now, we actually might see a shift in development as well as labor has to be replaced and no longer geographically convenient to supply with local and native labor might be uh, might be supplied by a mass number of Indians or even fully automated slowing down or, or changing completely the manufacturing process. That's an element I am not really going to talk too much about or think too much about because we're talking more about what happened. And that is what happened, that the volcanic explosion of Tonga wasn't an explosion, a volcanic explosion at all. It was a hydrogen bomb used as a warhead on a Tic Tac craft by ichthyosapien terrorists 
trying to destroy Solar Warden's craft yards, their shipyards, in a absolute attack on the peace treaty, the Artemis Treaty, that was signed between the Astra High Command and every single race on Earth, every single species on Earth. The human race, Ichthyosapiens, Yeti sapiens, uh, subterranean humans, uh, such as the Mayan Aztec, etc. In fact, one cannot rule out an alliance between Ichthyosapiens and Aztec Mayans or Mayan Aztecs because both are legacy enemies. Both are cultural enemies with the Ashtar High Command and with the humans, the Homo Sapiens which they view as tyrants, as they view as genocidal, um, um, you know, um, race supremacists and various other evils of the universe that they think we personify, including directly violating their spiritual uh, uh, viewpoints, directly uh, violating their relationship to the nature, the natural world. And in their viewpoint, they are defending the earth, defending Gaia, defending Mother Nature from alien invaders, the Astro High Command, and their sympathizers, their uh, supporters that we are. We are considered to them traitors and turncoats to Mother Nature herself just to help explain why the Ichthyosapiens would do such a violent act of terrorism against the Solar Warden when the Solar Warden is effectively defending the Earth from other hostile invaders or aliens, pirates, evil human humans with this technology, etc. And the Astro High Command is trying to liberate us and evolve us all spiritually to be able to exist on their dimensional level, the higher dimensional level, in a quantum state, to achieve a type of quantum immortality. <coughs> this is the, the current nature of affairs, the current nature of the world. And by that, this is a great way of segueing, of turning over the conversation towards, uh, from the Solar Warden, from the SSP, the Secret Sp uh, Space Program, area of my specialization to the real world, the quote-unquote uh, 3D world, the the world of just what we see on the news, what they are wanting us to know, the power plays of the New World Order, the power plays of the human tribes, of the human nations, and the theater that is played out that we call war. And I will be discussing that after the after the break, after we listen to the music and we come back to discussion, I'll be speaking about Russia's invasion of the Ukraine and what this truly means, why they're doing it, what's motivating it, and uh, what are the, what my predictions are for it. And I've been accurate, deadly accurate with all of my predictions because my uh, discernment is very strong. I'm still using my first Earth Battalion tactics, my remote viewing, my astral projection etc. So that's how I'm also in contact with extraterrestrials now more than ever, employed in these missions now more than ever, and we'll be speaking about that when we come back. 
Thank you very much. You have a lot of guts. Greatest audience out there in Dreamland. talking about the invasion of the Ukraine by Russia under the leadership of Vladimir Putin. But to say that this is Putin's war is to be mistaken, is to be 
terribly American about things, thinking that the Republican government, that the democratically elected government, the leaders call the shots when it comes to every single national policy, direction, opinion, moral code, uh, tradition, uh, tendency, military decision, uh, construction and organization, down to what the uniform camouflage is going to look like, right? This is not. This is the Russian war against the Ukraine. Putin is just the face of Russia, but Putin is the spirit of Russia. He is embodied by the zeitgeist of Russia. The um, powers and principalities with which we wrestle with are not flesh and blood. They are not made of men and minds. They are made of gestalt souls of historical legacies of literally disembodied spirits and ghosts of noble virtues and vices. Russia is not doing anything out of nature or natural order for both nations and both Russia itself and the Ukraine. Constantly in historical border crises and invasions, as well as disputes with people who are proximate but non-assimilatory and rather roguish, using their position on the border to exploit situations, act as pirates, act as mafias, smugglers, money launderers, safe sanctuaries for criminals, outlaws, enemies, political agitators, dissidents, and direct threats to others in the form of human slavers, human exploiters, uh, predatory-minded individuals of various capabilities and, um, you know, depravities, you know, extremities. Now, Ukraine is absolutely, absolutely responsible for what is happening to it because there is no such thing as the Ukraine. When you say Ukraine... They want you to think of historical ethnic enclave of language and culture. It is historically a Soviet state for the last hundred years. Before that, the people were so ruthless, they turned to cannibalism when forced into starvation. These people... are the populations that allowed the CIA, the European Union, the West, the the NATO cabal, the Atlantic cabal of big banks, Jewish financiers, Zionist financiers of military lobbyists arms smugglers 
mafia members, international mafia members, cartel shipping magnates, predatory monopolists, and other capitalist criminals. Not that Russia is communist, because Russia is also capitalist, but that this is the heart of the Ukrainian economy and the heart of what rules the Ukraine. And it has done so since 2014. When such forces, the military-industrial complex supported under Obama's evil death cult, were able to um, stage a revolution, a color revolution, and destroy any remnants of an independent cultural legacy nation known as the Ukraine. It became from that moment forward a population like a banana republic or a dictatorship where the puppet leader Zelensky, who was a comedian and now a drug addict, supported just like any other corrupt official. Uh, you see, my perspective of this is not European. I am not a European. I don't want to be, nor do I trace my blood back to it. I say I am a Native American because I am native to America. And if anything, my ethnicity does not extend outside of Texan. So I say I'm a Texan. I am not Ukrainian, I am not Polish, I am not British, I am not German, I am not Italian, I am not Spanish, and I don't want to be, right? I have my perspective and my heart in the Western Hemisphere, but I can relate to you and tell you exactly the nature of this evil. In Mexico, we have cartels, and drug cartels are evil in every sense of the word, valuing and desiring only money at the cost of everything good and human. They are not Robin Hood figures. They are the servants of Satan. This army of Satan only survives because it hides in the shadows cast by corrupted politicians, mayors, senators, judges, lawyers, company owners, from Carlos Slim, the richest man in Mexico, the richest Mexican citizen, to a one-street dusty town in the mountains of Chiapas or Waka. Every civic servant is in the pocket of evil who use violence to enforce their power and to terrorize the people into submission. Now this has been going on for 20 years at the cost of almost a million human lives. Not in a war, 
between nations, not in a war between Mexico and the United States, but between a war, a civil war, between good and evil people inside Mexico itself. And against evil people within that system seeking more power, more wealth, and using evil means of violence to get to those points. Creating armies, using technology, weapons, firearms, everything, explosives, to terrorize the population. That is my perspective of the Ukraine. Because what I see in the Ukraine is what I see in Mexico. That the uniformed officers do not fight the cartels, though, unlike in Mexico, because Mexico still has a chance. Mexico can still fight for what's right. Mexico can liberate itself from the evil claws of the cartels and encourage cartels to be nobler, to be more patriotic, to be kinder, more humanitarian, freedom fighters, Robin Hood figures, that they wish to be, but that the entire narco culture has been hijacked by terrorists. If the Mexican people and the Mexican nation thus by was completely taken over by this evil, by this corruption, by these cartels. It would resemble the Ukraine. It would resemble the Ukraine 100%. And that the leaders, the president, the bankers, Soros, the Bidens, um, all the EU, European Union leaders from Germany to France to England or the UK that have invested interests in the Ukraine they all have the same invested interests in Mexico they saw they, they make the same deals with devils to not encourage the freedom and prosperity and profits of the people but to money launder their blood money to find another way to promote their warmongering, their um, slow proxy wars, their corruptions, and use the people only as cattle to provide the gangsters that will give them the foot soldiers they need, uh, the foot soldiers in Satan's army. They need people to be psychopaths, to be violent, to be Nazis. And I use Nazis in the slur that it's evolved to, not as national socialists or not against Aryans, but they need to be radicalized zealots and a death cult. And they need this death cult to to to, to be uh, 
literally made manifest by human beings. And these human beings have been sold to them. The spirit of them has been sold to them by their corrupted political ideology, their nation, their patriotism, using those virtues of patriotism, because patriotism is only a virtue of the vicious, to encourage their suicidal defense of a system not based on ethics, not based on justice, not based on true benefit of humanity and the future, but based on blind hatred of the other and a blind support of the ethnostate of different versions of their um, world, right? Of different perverted versions of the world. They will ignore the human trafficking. They will ignore the drugs, the narcotics that poison their population and poison other people's populations. They will ignore the billionaires who are so greedy they would let entire segments of the population starve to death and slave away while they profit beyond belief. Making in an hour sometimes what it takes entire generations to earn based on political favoritism, crony capitalism, and international lobbies, which is, yes, illegal as the law currently states it. They are outlaws. They are nihilists. They are atheists. They do not fear Retribution, they do not believe in justice. The Illuminati's dark side, the cabal, the cartel of different rogue, evil, illegalists who seek only to commit crimes, seek only to engage in black market industries and use every available legal means to defend themselves and to hide their operations. They have armies of lawyers that help commit these atrocities against Mother Nature and against humanity. They have armies of mainstream media outlets. Rotors, for example, is one of them. Associated Press, the BBC. All of these are paid propagandists to create the mental image of international affairs as being a battle between the West, which is virtuous by default, capitalism, which is beneficiary to society and to humanity and to the earth, and to villainize oriental or Eastern Orthodox ways of thought and action, which hold people to highly moral standards that encourage the idea of group benefits, of prosperity, of pragmatism, of anti-consumerism, and of general appreciation for traditions, 
that the West seeks to abolish because they are not profitable for no other reason besides they cannot control the profits and the trade of consumer goods and consumerism in societies that seek only to coexist and to be left alone to direct their own futures. The Russians for the last 30 years have been capitalism's whipping boy. Have been capitalism's bitch. With a society in shambles, with an economy thrown to the winds and preyed upon by mafias. That was until President Putin appeared from the stage already provided to him. I've already gone length speaking before about how he's a super soldier, how this is um, completely within the planning of the Astra High Command. He was put into power, posi- uh, a position there specifically to gain the trust of the New World Order, to learn their weaknesses, and in time, use their own tricks against them, their own ruthlessness measured out against them, equal measure for measure. And now the fruits of that labor are blooming. They are blossoming. They are ripening. And the war against the Ukraine. And make no mistake, when I say the war against the Ukraine, yes, geographically it will be remembered as the war against the Ukraine, but there is no Ukraine. There is only the cabal the cabal and their goyim that they treat like peasants and cattle and keep impoverished, keep low educated, keep ignorant, and in their life are no better than domesticated animals, treated no better than cattle or dogs by their masters who take all their money, who take all their power, possessions, spiritual louche, they take that and keep their lives going. They increase their wealth by billions of dollars while fucking over millions of good-hearted Ukrainians. And this is not a war against the people. This is a war against the leadership, the government, Zelensky and the cabal and crew that spreads and stretches all across the European Union into the United States directly to Joe Biden and Hunter Biden. That's right. Russia, by attacking Ukraine, is waging war against the evil that has infiltrated and trying to corrupt the good of all nations. This is incarnate in the Democratic Party of international cabalists, the CIA, other various military intelligence groups that were rogue, corrupt, and have already been on record before as being feared if there was ever going to be a junta, a military junta, an evil takeover of the United States. It would have happened from the CIA, which it did. During the Obama administration, actually during Bush's first presidency in 1990, the CIA effectively was in control of the country from that point as long as the public was concerned. Um, 
Now, various political things have gone on behind the scenes, which is why Biden can't actually send Americans to die for his crimes. Those crimes will be exposed, and within the next year, because of this war, the truth will be revealed. Biden will be exposed as the criminal, corrupt, uh, international lobbyist and cabalist that he is. Benefiting from human trafficking, benefiting from drug trade, benefiting from money laundering, benefiting from political favoritism, from uh, the control of the mainstream media. Uh, and it's not him alone. He's not the mastermind. He is just the face of our evil cabal and cartel. Specifically, he is the face of the Rothschilds and uh, the Rothschild American branch. In America, he is the face of it, the puppet of the Rothschilds. It's how the communication goes directly from their secret family members to him and vice versa. And he was able to control Obama. He was able to bring them tabs that way. They also directly controlled Obama. So Biden was the, the, the first one being controlled since the 80s. 40 years of this puppet, right? Maneuvering, becoming highly influential in Eastern European affairs uh, during the last days of the Soviet Union and prepping that area to be the mafia dystopia where you could easily buy the virginity of a child where you could get that child delivered to you like Chinese food and which that is clearly visible with Hunter Biden in several series of photographs found on his laptop where he is presented with a child whore, a nine-year-old girl dressed like a prostitute for sexual services and a party in a hotel room in the Ukraine. This is absolutely what they mean when they talk about the Ukraine. When Russia goes to war with the Ukraine, Russia is going to war with child trafficking, pedophile, drug addict, cabalists, criminals who have mafia values, who belong to mafia families, who belong to black nobility and various different capacities, who are CIA members, who are double agents of various uh, five-eye networks like MI6, etc. Uh, they operate through illegality. They operate by e using black markets and black mail against people. So, this is a system that has been in positions of power for the last hundred years. This is the evil Rothschild cabal, the Freemasonic cabal. The Freemasonic elite try to make a country on the Eastern European border of Russia, the Soviet bloc, as you were. They've been trying to build these nations. Uh, they tried in Kazakhstan, they've tried in the Ukraine, they tried in Estonia, they've tried in the Netherlands, and they've succeeded in all of Western Europe, except Russia. In Russia, like, has, exactly, has higher powers helping them out, extraterrestrials helping them out, using technologies they are not in any way foolish for making this choice. They are not mistaken for making this choice. This is a well-executed chess move. And there is no one on Earth superior to the Russians in chess. They are strategic geniuses. As much as the Soviet Union may have uh, had a public image of brute force and, and barbarism and, and, and you know, um, caveman run at people without even guns type, you know, crazy Ivan tactics... 
the Soviets and the Russians historically are some of the most highly civilized intellectuals you will ever meet with white skin. They are probably in the top three, if not top two, on Earth when it comes to cultural, strategic relativity, the importance of strategic thinking and of wisdom and of using one's mind to plan many steps ahead when it comes to organizations of large matters, right? This is why the Russian mafia is so powerful and dangerous. They are a mix of both brute force and cultural strategic value, right? They are absolutely masters of such shit. They're masterminds. Putin was a part of the KGB. Putin is not an idiot. Putin is probably the most intelligent person in political office currently. Now, he is using that intelligence to attack the cabal, not his own people. He cannot be bought off because he's seeing things in the future and having information delivered to him from the top down. He's able to always keep reference to a larger picture. These cabalists, these cartel members... Yes, they they could easily buy the knowledge, the truth of the world around them. In many cases, they have. In many cases, they do. But it's also their culture to keep secrets and to keep knowledge secret from each other. I believe this is why he's exploiting the fact that the cabal, since the year 2000, has been excluded from... Ashtar High Command communications excluded from the relationships of Solar Warden and the Venusians excluded from the good Orion Draco's presence on the Earth that since the year 2000 to the year 2020 the masters of the Cabal this evil Illuminati which were subterranean reptilians have been eradicated, have gone extinct and been destroyed by the actions of the Solar Warden, of the Earth Alliance, and of the Ashtar High Command. Now, there is no there is no surprise to me, there is no coincidence that in 2021 in 2020, it, it really ended, it was, the final nail was being nailed. By 2021, it was over that the Ashtar High Command, the Pleiadians, the Venusians, whatever you want to call them, the many species alliance had descended on Earth and destroyed the last of the reptilian cities, had freed the last of the human slaves from the underground. And without the reptilians, the Cabal has no real ace in the cards anymore. They don't have an ace in the deck. They don't have an ace in their, their hand or their sleeve. They have no real power equal to the Astra High Command. They have no real power equal to the Solar Warden or the Good Cabals. They have TR3Bs, yes, but they if they lose them, they can't replace them. Those are in America. It doesn't mean like they you saw that the EU, that NATO would not declare they would not get involved. They would not defend the Ukraine. You saw that the United States is not defending the Ukraine with any technology. 
that you, that Israel is not defending the Ukraine. That's because there is no Ukraine to defend. What is being attacked are the entrances to hollow earth, subterranean facilities, where they have kept humans, where they have kept children in cages, where they are committing cannibalism, where they are committing drug research for different illegal drugs, where they are doing various illegal activities involved with the greys, involved with um, various evil uh, uh, amounts of technology itself. They are doing this <coughs> in front of everybody's eyes. They are going to avoid civilian casualties. They are only going to attack the evil uh, of the Ukrainians, the, the neo-Nazis, the oligarchs, the rich banks, the businessmen, the, um, you know, basically the, the reptilians in disguise that are acting as mercenaries, as pilots, uh, flying uh, uh, privately purchased MiGs. They are absolutely going to war with inhuman Ukrainian forces that are not human. They are not people who are naturally born good good people. They are born as slaves. They are trying to free the slaves. It's like going in the South in the Confederacy. You're fighting against slave owners. You're not going to target the slaves. You want to free the slaves but you're trying to target the people who own them. So you're going to fight a little close to them. You're going to scare them. You're going to try to break them out of their prison. But, you know, it's going to have to be violent because they're not going to be released. The only way for the Ukrainian people to be free is to be liberated by the Russian military, by Vladimir Putin. And I know that it sounds weird to say that, but the Russians are the liberators. The Russians are the freedom fighters. The Russians are the good forces. They are on the good side of the force. They are fighting the evil Sith-controlled cartels and cabalists who, in their very own hubris, have failed to provide for their own military and their own defenses choosing rather to use cheaper brainwashed zealots and terrorists, basically white ISIS members in the form of the Azov Battalion and the form of these neo-Nazi Ukrainian forces at the order of Biden and other corrupt banksters, millionaires, and billionaires that have profited at the labor and human suffering and slavery. Every single one of those dollars that is in a billionaire's bank account does not go to making a child fed, does not go to making a child educated, does not go to paying the power bill on any one citizen's uh, house to keep them warm in the winter. In fact, those billions are at the cost of billions of human beings. That there are almost... 2 billion people in the world that currently make less than $2 a day. These 2 billion human beings that currently make less than $2 a day are generally found in capitalist nations, nations that have been targeted by economic hitmen, nations that are under the control of European businesses, cartels, and cabals. One of them is the Ukraine. This is like if you had the Ukraine in Africa, it would be like 
Somalia. It would be a country ruled by warlords. It would be a country ruled by gangs, by violent armed youths. No matter the ideology that they express, no matter the, the language that they're using or the symbolism that they're employing to create these gangs, these militias, it is all propaganda. It is all false flag. It is all mind control. Because the masters of these gangs, the warlords, the sheiks, the shahs, the imams, everyone knows that they do not care about the people. They only care about their own power. Same with the Ukraine. Everyone, if you just got colorblind and didn't see it as a white nation and a European nation against a European nation, they don't have a history anymore. They are literally the repurposed brand of the Ukrainian nation and peoples under the management of highly corrupt thieves, drug addicts, uh, social hedonists, decadents, perverts, um, human slavers, people who would rather have sex with a child than actually care if that child was educated or taken care of or even fed. Because to them, it's only their gratification, it's only their pleasure and their power that they single-mindedly focus on. When Hunter Biden was signing over deals for millions of dollars personally for him and his father for the power structure of the Ukraine and its support to the Democratic Party of America in terms of the Hillary Rodham Clinton Foundation, they couldn't give a shit about the American people. They didn't give a shit about the Ukrainian people. And like I said, say the deal was $8 million dollars. That $8 million was taken out of the pocket of the Ukrainian people. Taken out of the mouths of hungry Ukrainian children. Taken away from the futures of young Ukrainian couples and young Ukrainian peoples. They are $8 million poorer because Hunter Biden and his father, Joe Biden, the imposter, Democrat candidate, candidate who did not win the election he that election was stolen that election was rigged and it's very clear and obvious that he's an imposter not given any power or authority by the real government this shadow puppet right this fucking puppet on the strings of the the dying evil shadow force of this world the dark sith power right He's like the emperor, and he's all alone. And he has, but the emperor in the movie has much more power, even though Ray basically kicks his ass alone at the very end of it. And that's exactly who Joe Biden is. All it takes is one hero, one freedom fighter, one divine feminine or masculine spirit to stand up, and the whole power illusion of the cabal is shattered and broken. They're sending that force lightning to you. Yeah, yeah, force lightning, right? They're kidding you into more power. <coughs> right? The emperor is doing the fucking Joe Biden shit. All Russia has to do is pull out another lightsaber and fucking, um, you know, um, go full on Ray with that shit. Go Ray-tarded and fucking knock back the electrical beams, right? Shocks himself. The fucking skin flies off. He burns up like a crisp, like, uh, you know, they did in the end of, uh, uh, 
uh, Rise of St- Star, uh, Rise of Skywalker, or whatever the fuck. You know, like just like that exact same scene. That's spiritually what it is. That oh, he might be evil, but he's all alone. He's in exile because they're terrified of being discovered. Their plan is stupid as fuck, and literally they are outnumbered. One million to one at the end of the movie because all the people show up and they're like, no, like literally the entire universe is good and you are evil and no one wants to fucking defend you or fight with you or or everyone wants to fight against you and everyone knows that in their heart that they rather fight for freedom and good, right? The Rebel Alliance. Russia right now is that Rebel Alliance. It is that now ascended republic where... They are the good side of the force. And George Soros, Charles Schwab, Bill Gates, Mark Zuckerberg, Elon Musk, all the fucking billionaires, right? Who are puppets of greed and evil and satanic, dark side, reptilian, trash DNA in humanity, right? They are getting vaporized right now at the real force of power that is the good side, the blue, uh, the blue and green fucking lightsabers, not the red ones, you know what I'm saying, you want the good colors, you want that powerful fucking good, liberating power, that aura of blue and green, um, these indigo children, right, you call them indigo children forever, but now we can't even see that the blue lightsaber means indigo children and shit, the chosen ones, and Putin is destined to be one of those chosen ones, he is was elected, was born to be that. And it was prescribed that astrologically. That is his responsibility. <clears throat> and he's doing so. Russia is going to liberate, is going to hold those people accountable. It will imprison those people. It will maybe even kill them in the line of battle. Hopefully for their sake, it's going to be much more merciful for them if they were killed and um, not suffer in the prison and the interrogation that is to happen if they are captured. But no one deserves it more. No one deserves it any more than these evil, Kabbalist, New World Order people to be locked away and treated as inhumanly as they've treated entire populations of nations, of hemispheres, of worlds, right? Because this power isn't human. It's Literally, the ne- the current phase of it is human, but it's been intergalactic dark energy and shit. It's like the shadow force that lives from any light source. And it's all made human in figures like George Soros and Charles Schwab and these evil fucking people who say good things. They act like angels of light. They act like humanitarians. They act like noble defenders of the world. But really, their actions speak true. These are the Epstein Island people. They are called Frankian Sabbatists, right? They think in their way that if they commit sin, if they become satanic figures... They will liberate themselves from the bondage of morality. They don't understand what they are doing is pure evil. They have, they, they intentionally commit pure evil for the sake of it 
transforming into goodness in some bizarro, perverted, mentally fucking broken way, mentally retarded way of their thinking. And this is just what money gets you. This is what generations since the ancient Roman days, since the ancient Greek days of tyrants and kings and landowners and generals and powerful men and women who think nothing but their own orgasms and they think nothing about their own gold and wealth and they'll let everyone who is not them or their family personally suffer for the in for the enrichment of these few evil figures that existed in the pharaoh's days they existed in the 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 ancient uh, chinese days they existed in ancient feudal kingdoms as every evil monarch and every evil baron, every evil thug, every evil mafia figure, every evil fucking real-life villain that only cares about power, that only cares about money, that only cares about themselves. Well, guess what? War is holy. Warriors are holy men. And my God, Jehovah, prepares my hands for war. He makes me a man of war. He provides my enemies for me. He delivers them to me. He lays them below my feet and raises my heel against their skull. I am but a hammer of God. I am but a weapon of God. The true God, the God of justice, the God of light, the God of the earth and the universe and the creator of all inside the universe, the Alpha and the Omega, from before which existed, before the universe existed, and after the universe dies, there will be God. And that's who I will answer to, and that's who I always keep my eyes, my mental eyes Towards, not my third eye, but my mental two eyes towards. Four eyes open, bitch. Not just three, four. And not just four, six. And not just six, eight. I'm like a spider. And I got dragonfly eyes, thousands of different lenses in them, each one. And they're all set towards the prime uh, motivator, the creator, Jehovah, and his law and order, which is manifested through war and by warriors, Joshua, Moses, um, you know, the King David, all warriors, right? Jesus Christ in his way, Julius Caesar, both the same, you know, two names for the same figure, conquered the nations, conquered the Gauls, conquered the enemies of God, Spiritually and physically. Carried two swords. Carried two swords. One for this real world, this physical 3D world, and one for the spiritual world, the 4D and beyond. Right? And then descended upon his death to Shiloh, the lower dimensions, to liberate the freed holy men who had been trapped there by their own vices and desires. To liberate, give second chances to those who were considered damned. Fighting demons and devils the entire time. This is the strength of the heavenly host to return to earth from the heavens, from the cosmos, captain of captains, king of kings, and to wage the final war Armageddon against the evil forces, which will be 
the final forces of the cabal, will be the final forces of the cartel, the evil Illuminati, and they will be defeated by armies of God and extraterrestrials together during the Great Awakening and the Great Disclosure, the Great End Times. The cartel fears this day and fears that moment because they can't control you anymore. They can't control your thoughts. They can't control your opinions, your narrative. They can't control the world. The day the extraterrestrials arrive will be the day that all human beings, every single man, woman, and child is liberated and protected from all other evil human beings. Because those human beings will be exposed by psychic extraterrestrials. They will be unable to keep secrets. They will be unable to hide the truth. That others who are ignorant to their crimes will be explained and shown in great vivid psychic detail the depths of their evil and the excuses that you have made to support them. And you will then be given a choice to act for justice or be destroyed as guilty as they are. Which is what I was saying at the beginning of this broadcast. There is evil in this world. The evil rules our society in America, in the West. And all united, uh, three colored uh, countries basically, and all the Western nations, right? Three-letter nations and three-letter agencies. I mean, all the three-letter agencies, all the power systems, all the banks, all the money, all the wealth, all the sports, right? Everything is controlled by these evil cabal and cartel. All the heroes we are given are truly devils, right? It is up to us to liberate ourselves or we as a nation will be attacked by the holy armies now currently being embodied by the Russians. Now, we may not be attacked by the Russians, but a Russian-South American alliance... Maybe. Battling over the Gulf of Mexico and the Caribbean, just like the Russians are battling over the Ukraine, it's a start. And maybe the Americans will join the side of good. The United States Army, I feel, already is switching over to the side of good. The United States Navy currently is there, but that together they might strike a nation bringing divine justice and wrath against it that deserves it. That being the nation of Mexico. That's right, because as Russia invades the Ukraine, I see the promise of finally bringing justice and law and order to Mexico. And the United States of America has already uh, invaded Mexico 100 years ago. 
And if we are doomed to repeat history until we get it right, maybe the gravest mistake we've ever made as a nation was not assuming territorial control over Mexico, officially making it a part of the United States empire, and to bring civilization to a people desperately, desperately seeking its chance to shine. It's chance to be educated. It's chance to evolve into a first world nation, a leading nation in the world in technologies and in culture. And I would volunteer for that crusade to liberate and free Mexico by military force, if necessary. Just like I agree with Vladimir Putin and every single Russian military member in the Russian military, Air Force, Army, Navy, Marines... That they are fighting the good fight. That they are fighting the crusade of light. And history will know them as deliverers of justice. Of heroes. As liberators. From the bankster, cabalist slave owners. That have called themselves the free world. That have called themselves the capitalists. That have called themselves Western society. But what they are are pirates. What they are are mafiosos. What they are are dictators and tyrants. Thank you all very much for listening to me. I've been the Beyond Top Secret Texan. You've listened to the Beyond Top Secret Texan podcast. Broadcasting to you from the third coast, the coast with the most, the Gulf Coast of Texas. Thank you all very much. Those who have supported me so far by joining the Patreon. Those of me, uh, uh, this is going to be an exclusive membership only episode. Thank you all very, very much for supporting me by becoming subscribers. I greatly, greatly appreciate that. By following me on Twitter, you get direct links to this broadcast as well. By following me online. Because I offer that only because so few people actually follow me online. Compared to how many people listen to these episodes. And it's already been two years and I definitely, definitely encourage you to check me out on Instagram. Check me out on TikTok. Check me out on Twitter. Check me out on Truth Social when that becomes live. Check me out on YouTube. Leave a like. Subscribe. Join the party. Help me out. Everyone who joins, you know, puts me that much further in front of other people's eyes. Everyone who promotes my show by posting about a link on Twitter, posting a link on Reddit, posting a link on 4chan, on your social media of choice, helps me out tremendously. There is no effort of kindness too small. If you have a dollar, Please 
think about considering just donating that if it's just burning a hole in your pocket. Every cent helps. If you have $10, you know, $20, instead of, you know, buying some junk food, just know that I would appreciate it. I appreciate it much more than NPR does. I appreciate it much more than these big companies do. Because it goes into actually creating these episodes. It goes into actually funding the Beyond Top Secret Texan podcast. We operate in the red. We operate completely at debt to bring you the truth. We are considered unsponsorable. We are blacklisted and blackmailed due to our truth, due to the the power of our conviction. And we, I, survive. He said, we, the Rowie, I, the Beyond Top Secret Texan, literally survive, provided my meals from donations and your kindness. So thank you all very, very much in advance for your generosity and for your support of independent citizen journalism and truth activism when it comes to UFOs, when it comes to ufology, when it comes to cryptozoology, when it comes to the occult, when it comes to politics, when it comes to the war, we tell the truth every single time. It's verifiable. It's advanced. It's above and beyond a lot of people's heads. But that's why we're beyond top secret Texan. Not only do we tell you the top secret stuff, we go beyond the top secret stuff. We connect the dots. We paint the bigger picture. And I can assure you, nowhere else on the podcast globe, the digital podcast environment, the world, the ecosystem, the digital ocean of information. Will anyone bring you the truth the way I do with my theories and my unique perspective, my experience? The only way that I can keep bringing you this information, this truth, is if you guys consider taking that step off the fence and becoming supporters. Like I said, not asking for an arm and a leg, but a dollar, if it's burning a hole in your pocket, put it into Patreon, make it make a donation to the Anchor FM, make a donation to the podcast. You get a lot of benefits. It's a great deal. You get access to the Telegram group. You get uh, notifications. Uh, whenever I upload an episode, you get an email. You guys get direct evidence, dark web evidence that's exclusively available only through Patreon. Like I said, it's a great deal. It's a great bargain. I'm always uploading. I'm always trying to contact you guys or message you guys. You guys can message me or through Telegram or whatever, Instagram. I always have time for you. I'm operating every single day. It's because of y'all that I'm doing it. It's because of y'all because I'm going to keep doing it because you guys keep me alive and I keep living for you. The greatest audience out there in dreamland. Namaste and shalom. Iron sharpens iron and a friend sharpens a friend. Thank you all very, very, very much. God bless the Russian military. God bless the fighters and warriors of light. Fight the good fight. 
victory. Amen.